Welcome to the Values Exchange Podcast. I'm Mike Cruz, your host, private pilot, author of Saturday Every Day, and CEO of North Texas Wealth Management, a firm dedicated to values-based financial planning. This podcast uncovers the values and habits of highly successful people and dives into how it has shaped their success and what you can learn from their personal stories. All right. So uh, welcome to the Values Exchange podcast this is the first one. Um, you know, uh, James Willis is our guest today. And, and James, I was looking at it, um, highlighting a value each episode. And today's episode, I wanted to highlight the value of challenge. And so immediately I thought of you. Awesome. And, um, you know, just, just kind of curious, uh, what does that value like challenge mean to you? Uh, first of all, congratulations on launching your podcast and honored to be the first guest of the Values Exchange. And uh, so thanks for having me out here to, uh, this morning. Oh, thank the, you. So the question was, what, what does the word challenge mean to me? Yeah. Um, you know, I, I saw it years ago and it stuck with me. You know, there's the phrase defy boldly. So for okay. me, it's, I wanted to, you know, really it's my own thoughts and what I see and perceive, um, what I can and can't do, really what I think I can't do. And say, why not? Right. So I ask myself, why, why do I believe I can't do this? And then try to go down that journey of exploring why I can do it, actually, if it's possible. Now, if, if the concept is, you know, hey, go be an NBA basketball player, you know, that's I'm not I'm not I get that. But, uh, you know, versus, you know, doing some of the things we're going to talk about, getting the ultra marathons and pushing myself beyond what I thought was possible. Um, that's, you know, it goes back to just defying boldly and, and seeing what I can I'm do boldly. versus can't. I like that. Oh, that's that's great. So, give me give me a little bit about your uh, your background, kind of your current position. What are you doing now for like professionally? Yeah, yeah. Background, um, good old. Uh, I'm from Ohio. Great place to be from. Love, love the state. Went to Ohio State um, back in uh, my first freshman year. We won the national championship. That was pretty cool in football. So, nice. uh, but yeah. So Ohio State. Then uh, work brought me down here um, back in, uh, 2010. So originally from Ohio and I've lived in Plano for the most of 2010 to 2022. Okay. Moved uh, out to Lucas here recently and, um, really enjoying that. So, um, and as a role at, uh, I work for Bryhouse Financial and I'm a regional sales vice president. So, you know, I, tr I got the good and uh, distinguished honor to work with, uh, top financial advisors all over DFW and their clients helping, you know, uh, solve problems and, um, helping clients achieve goals, which is, which is pretty awesome. Absolutely. I look at, you know, you've had huge success and then I see you seeking out all of these challenges and I'm like, oh, I, you know, I just, I just want to know more about it. So, um, what's, what's kind of one of the earliest, uh, challenges you remember like seeking out? Oh, earliest. I, I remember this. So, uh, you know, I would say the word go-karts, you know, most people think you know, as soon as I say that word, they're going to go to Malibu Grand Prix, you know, they, they did it as a kid and, uh, I did those too. But uh, there's also this thing called competitive uh, uh, go-karts. When I was seven, my dad got my older, I have four brothers. My older brother really wanted to race um, go-karts, you know, back then. And so for Christmas, he felt like he couldn't, I was old enough to get one too. He couldn't, you know, leave me out of the equation. So my brother got this really cool uh, go-kart when he was nine. It was all brand new, poly, you know, had this Briggs and Stratton racing, racing engine on it and all that good stuff. And then mine was this... Uh, this is back in the nineties. So this was, mine was a 1969 Margay painted, you know, that's the brand. It was okay. no bumpers, no safety equipment on it. Painted baby blue. Looked like they've got it out of the barn. Like, oh, yeah. <laughs> and, uh, so that was kind of the first introduction into go-karts. And so the challenge I had over that, what, you know, is, well, what does my brother get all this stuff? And, you know, 
they give you like the hand-me-downs. Like, I mean, I can do this too, but for, it took me a couple of years to catch on. And when I was 11, um, we started racing. Actually, when I was 10, we started racing national, national, uh, national competition. And uh, wow. I didn't do very well. Okay. I mean, like, you're not going to see my name on a leaderboard anywhere, but you know, you got people from all over North America, really top 50, 60 drivers, wow. um, coming in. And I was kind of more in that 50, 60 range, uh, but going into my 11th year, um, it was a big transition. There was no expectations. Um, and we go out and I win my first national race and, wow, uh, national yeah, race. <laughs> it was pretty crazy. Like my dad was shocked. My brother was like, what the heck? You know, it was the first time they gave me a chance. First time they, you know, they really elevated my equipment and said, okay, let's eat. Okay. Seems like he has talent. Right. So I had to earn that right. Which is fair. Um, and we went out and won. So then all of a sudden you have expectations. Like, can, can I do this again? Yeah. And you go out and you do it again. I would say it's lo lonely at the top. It's kind of scary <laughs> once you, it once you won, right? At 11, you're like, I wasn't winning much. I mean, like, uh, again, nobody knew my name. And all of a sudden, at the top of the sheet, you know, I'm on front of magazines and getting sponsorships and getting noticed. And you're just like, okay, how do you, how do you handle this? Uh, we end up winning two national championships, uh, wow. getting quite a few sponsorships and uh, got to race internationally for a while and, and, and cool stuff like that. But it was, uh, it was a lot to take in. And there was failures amongst that that I, you know, have learned from. But uh, that was my first real, you know, uh, uh, challenge was yeah. when you won that first one, it's like expectations. You sure. know, I wanted to get the equipment, then I wanted to win, then I actually won. I'm like, oh, no. <laughs> so when you say there was failures, what, what do you mean? Yeah, so like you did, uh, that first year that we ended up winning, you know, I believe I won 11 in a row, 11 races in a row. Wow. And then uh, it was a long time before I won one again. Okay. Right. So the the ego, the expectations, the... You know, uh, I, you know, I'm gonna go back to ego really. Like, you know, I didn't know how to handle that part. And I okay. thought I went from trying to earn it to, I feel like I deserved it. Right. Okay. And, uh, that was, you know, equipping the work in and, mm -hmm. uh, no longer doing the testing of the tracks and, uh, mm -hmm. think as, as well, or, and I, yeah, wasn't as strong of a listener. If that makes any sense. Okay. So, uh, think early lessons as a kid sure. uh, that I had overcome. And then once I wised up and realized, you know. It's up here, pointing to my brain for those that are listening. It's in the head. Um, but yeah, I really had to push myself past, okay. you know, I've been here, I've done it, look at me. Now, celebrate me, right? And right. It's, you know, as a kid, you think it's cool, but as uh, there's a lot on the line when it comes to racing. Sure. Fiscally too, right? Like stuff. Do you remember any one event where it was like a that mind shift of now I have to earn it again? How do I get back on top? Do you remember like overcoming that? that challenge yeah when you start losing your sponsors yeah yeah when you start losing the, the rides you start losing the confidence of the team around you okay fortunately i could you know support system my, my family they, sure. they stayed with me and, and, and a couple of key folks and they got me back on track and and things like that but uh you know when when you start losing all that you you earned and thought you deserved that's when you start realizing the wake-up well, call yeah, yeah. <laughs> it was it was it sure. rings loud and clear like all of a sudden you're like oh i gotta pay for this again yeah oh, that's not fun <laughs> i didn't have to for, yeah for well you know i mean I, I i think that's amazing and um you know what a what a great experience to have young because you know let's face it we all face failures and that's where we learn from it um and now i, I see you having you know all this success and and i know you've had um you know other experiences but you know you you've started your uh, podcast as well i did so i'm yeah. super curious um you know to to kind of tell me so it's called ideas for impact yeah 
And uh, so what's it, for the listeners, what's it, what's it about? So I was in your seat last year. This is okay. about the time I launched it last year. I, I watched, I, I was, a uh, you know, uh, had some colleagues of mine that uh, did it and started it in, uh, so 2020. They started and I was like, this sounds really cool. It's something I want to do. And uh, I had to find my why, right? Reason yeah. to, to put the work, you know, work into starting kind of like you've done, you know, it's, uh, it's not, it doesn't just create itself, right? Yeah. So uh, ideas for impact, I really love uh, learning. And we talked about learning and uh, challenging myself and finding out others who like to challenge themselves. And I, I, I'm a big believer in leading by example. And so I, ideas for impact was designed for, to inspire people either personally or professionally. And I want to guest and speakers and topics that, you know, Hey, if you, you're gonna, it's very casual. You're going to listen you know, it's, it's about helping you. So if you're interested in the topic of, uh, you know, hosting your own podcast or running an ultra marathon or, you know, uh, becoming a super, uh, chef on a super yacht, whatever it may be, right? Like just try, uh, be professional skydiver, uh, those types of content and, and what they learned and how we can maybe push ourselves a little further, um, and, and things of that nature. So, uh, it, it was quite an enlightening, uh, just having your guest on was, was fantastic. Like the stuff I learned, I'm like, oh, okay, this is great. Going to my notes. <laughs> That's great. So what challenges, um, in starting a podcast, what challenges did you face? And of course, this being the first podcast for me, I'm all ears. It's a great question. The number one challenge that I, that I faced was what, what where you are today, right? This exact moment today, getting here. Uh, you know, I, I think about my journey when I started this back in, uh, January of last year, uh, ideas for impact. Um, I really thought long and hard on it for, uh, the year prior. So I have some peers who started their own podcast. I listened to their, their material, thought it was fantastic. Um, inspirational, so to speak. So I, I listened to them all, uh, 2020. So, uh, it was playing in the back of my brain, like some, I, I found like, I can't, you know, this sounds awesome, but I don't think I can do it. Right. And I said that enough to where I finally listened and said, when I heard it, I said, I can't, I don't think I can do that a podcast. I, was, I, I said, why not? Why couldn't I do it? So the first was finding the belief that I could actually do it. Um, and so once I got to that point, that was my first challenge was getting there. So uh, the second challenge that I, that I found was content, right? And that was part of my disbelief in myself. I was like, well, wh what are they going to talk about, right? What are we, who, am I, who wants to be on a podcast? Surprising yeah. a lot of people. It's fantastic. You, you, as you go on this journey, <laughs> right. um, that wasn't actually that hard, but it was just creating the content that I felt fit my, my theme of ideas for impact, you know, for, um, inspire people either personally or professionally for my two biggest challenge challenges there. Nice. And for those that want to tune into your podcast, how would they find it? You know, right now through, um, what way it's done through my work, right. Um, it's gotta be, uh, that's a different challenge in itself. It's not, I wish I could put it out here like this, right? But it's going to be recorded and then um, sent through the financial professional network of okay. uh, my advisors that I work with okay. um, at this point. I'm not able to publish it. You had a, a coach. Is this an executive coach or? Yeah. Yeah, I did. Okay. Uh, last year I had an executive coach. Um, he was fantastic. You know, really pushed me and made me think differently. Um, you know, he, the word challenge was something that he liked to, to throw around as well uh and it's great but yeah so he, he he was a big reason why i was able to get out here and do this yeah so i had a I, you know thanks to you in the introduction i had a brief conversation with him and, and my takeaway it was pretty powerful but he said you know mike most of the time people know what they want to do or they seek these challenges 
and they just need permission slips. And he goes, and they basically hire me and I'm their permission slip. Like, yeah. go do it. Yeah. Why are you not doing it? <laughs> and uh, that was the, the idea of permission slips. I thought that was a powerful takeaway. So agreed. Agreed. Then I, you know, I stole his affirmational nudge. That's one of his things that it actually, you know, it's like, you know, kind of the same concept, right? Yeah. Like you just, it's like you say it. And he's like, I think you do it, right? You just do it. Little, yeah, yeah. And I go, okay, I'm going to do it, right? Sometimes so that's all we need is that nudge, yeah. right? Yeah. yeah. It's powerful. That's good. Be careful. <laughs> You're good people around you. You might right? find yourself out on yeah. a podcast. Right? Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. So, um, you know, I know you're you're into running and those challenges and, and that's a passion for you. I wanted to, to know more about that. So um, what what types of uh, races and things have you already done? Man, the running world has been very influential in my life, very beneficial. Um, so what about it? We can go all kinds of directions on this because there's all kinds <laughs> of events and things you can do. Um, you know, do you, uh, when, you know, I think the, when I think of running, I think of endurance, right? Some people think of sprinting, some people think of, you know, um, pain. <laughs> I never do, it. but, uh, you know, I had the, that, that comes to mind. <laughs> no, it's not for me kind of thing. Yeah. Uh, it's funny before I even get into this, my running background is non-existent. I quit sports because of running, right? Okay. Racing, go, racing go-karts and cars and stuff like that growing up. You, there's, you didn't have to really run. It's, there's, there's other yeah. training mechanisms, you know, training methods used. So, but like running was not my thing. So before I go into this, this I didn't grow up, you know, this, uh, elite runner or anything like that, right? Like it wasn't like okay. something that was, it, it, it was not something I wanted to do. I didn't know that. Yeah. I figured you had been running <laughs> no. since birth and when you weren't running, you were racing. So yeah, they, that, were like, interesting. they were like, go run a quarter mile around the track. I'm like, mm, wow. <laughs> no, I'm good. Okay. Right. So, so, so how'd you get into, what was your first race? How'd you get into it? How'd you decide to become a runner? Uh, I found myself, so it's funny. I kept, as after I graduated college, get in the real world. I started as an advisor, financial advisor, first four years out of college before I switched over to, to this this uh, this role. Okay. And um, I kind of got like attracted to the the idea, the concept of the mental grind of it. And I found myself one day going, "I'm going to run a marathon before I'm 50." Okay, I'm 23 years old. I'm like, is that really my goal? I was 27 years down the road. I got to do this right. by the time I'm 50. I was like, yeah. sounds kind of strange, but I kept saying it. I was like, yeah, I'll do it. So uh, I, I got convinced to uh, run a half and was woefully unprepared for it. Like, like I mostly ran it was four or five miles prior to it. And okay. I was like, sure, I'll do it. Um, yeah. And <laughs> I went out and I ran nine miles super fast and then crawled for four. Okay. <laughs> and I was, but I loved it. Okay. It, yeah, it blew up. It was like, oh, it's all, you know, and I loved it. It wasn't fast. It wasn't glorious. It was just this, this grind in the mind. I was like, oh, I, just, I just did that. The finish, the feeling when I got across the finish line of the half marathon. So I, I stayed with that for a little bit. And then uh, January 2010, it was uh, Martin Luther King weekend. I woke up and I was like, one day, and I was like, I'm going to run a marathon this year. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to change my, you know, I'm going to change this. Um, this is a good behavior to have versus, you know, some of the other behaviors that you could do in your, you know, <laughs> uh, when you're single in your early twenties, I was like, ah, that's just not for me. I want to go do something else. So I started training for our first marathon. So that in 2010, same concept blew up because I did it all myself. Um, didn't really do much research. Just started running again, not a runner. I think I did it in like four hours and 54 minutes. So it's like not glorious. It was, it was painful, <laughs> but I, but I loved it. So then I moved down here shortly after that and I got connected, uh, you ever heard the book born to run i haven't oh. need to read it read read dangerous okay. you know, cautiously i should say okay so i read born to run i think uh a great book 
Um, but I, it kind of opened my eyes to this whole world of ultra running. Okay. Um, and ultra running by definition is anything longer than a marathon. So a marathon is 26.2 miles. You're 26, fantastic, fantastic event. Like great, probably to the, I believe one of the hardest yeah. distances, even though yeah. I've run longer. That's there. Then you look at that and go, isn't that long enough? Yeah. You have to create something <laughs> else beyond that, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, it is long enough. Uh, but then you go a little further, right? How far can I go? So you start reading these books and I, uh, um, I'm Dean Carzani. I, I always messed up his uh, last name, but um, Ultra Marathon Man, I read his books and I started reading these things and I'm like, that sounds awesome. I don't think I can do that. I'm like, well, I don't think I can do that. So yeah, this is a journey that I met some friends and there was uh, two of us that said, hey, uh, there's a race, there's a well-known race and I'm actually wearing the butt buckle today. Um, I don't wear it that often, but it's called the Leadville Trail 100. That's highlighted okay. in these books. And I'm like, you know, like, hey, it's that affirmational nudge, permission slip. Like, we get around, we start, we're on a run, and they're like, we should sign up for this. So I'm like, sure. Okay, if you guys are doing it, I'm going to do it. I can, you know, I'm single, no kids. Like, just let's do it, right? Yeah. Like, uh, it's, uh, I just recently moved to Texas. And so we, we started training for it, ran uh, shortly after that, ran a 50 miler in Tulsa called Midnight Madness in July. It's a the race that starts at midnight and you run 50 miles on their trail system up there. And, okay. And, uh, and the, over the course of two years, hired, you know, with the coach, we ran, you know, Leadville Trail 100 and it was incredibly fascinating that journey and then what your mind can do and the body can do. Um, when we say trail, is this, what does that look like? Is oh, yeah. Yeah. Sorry. So trail yeah. is mountains, you know, off the beaten path, like up there. Some, some of it's going to be on the road, right? Because you okay. get a transition up there in Leadville and a lot of it. So when it, typically you're a trail runner, you know, you're going to go, you know, locally, you go to Lake Grapevine, you're going to run the trails around the lake or, okay. you know, um, things of that nature. You, you know, you're, you're going to be off road. Uh, so Leadville would be uh, to give scope of that. You're in Leadville, Colorado, when you start, which is roughly 10,000 feet. Wow. above sea level and you run a you know 51 and a half miles out uh, you know up and down the mountains up to almost fourteen thousand feet down to 9200 feet and wow. you know there's one small river crossing that could be small or big depending on the, the weather mm -hmm. and you run up and you know i mean the only way to get to that place is by foot so there's goats up there with water you know they're getting water for you with like there's no like there's, I mean, you're wow. or a helicopter, right? Like, yeah, <laughs> so you're hot. going down, you're going in trails that are uh, not really visited by most. And what about um, oxygen levels up there? Oh, are it's you, tough. Yeah. Are oh, you carrying a, some oxygen? Or uh, uh, no. <laughs> That'd be great. I would, I would need oxygen. <laughs> <laughs> I would love to be able to carry. It's a good idea. Uh, but yeah, they don't, they, don't, they don't allow for that. At least I don't think okay. they do. I should, okay. I should, so you just I should, have to train for it. You have to train for it. So like, yeah. uh, and level, so challenge myself. So. You know, Leadville is one of those races that typically so 100 miles. When you, when you tell somebody you're, you're like, hey, I'm training for 100 miles, right? They go, I don't even like to drive 100 miles. Why would you even, why would you do this, right? Yeah. Why would, and you're like, I don't know. We're, they're like, you're crazy. Yeah, I am. Like, it's fine. <laughs> I feel like it's the right kind. But, uh, you know, it's not, you know, I would say a normal thing to do, right? Um, so, Leadville in itself is one of the most, you know, it's Western states, Leadville Trail 100 in the US that are kind of the big ones, uh, Hard Rock 100. Um, is another big 100 miler, but it's uh, the success rate is less than 50 percent. The people start finish right, so you think people are training for a year or two and less than half finish, and then the success rate for first timers such as myself, especially people who live in Texas, not in the mountains, is like minimal, right? Like sure. so. Okay. With that, I'm like, I'm gonna do this. I'm gonna do it right. 
So that's why I got the coach for two years. So two months out from the event, I ran, I ran hundred miles before I ran hundred miles. So I went and ran Rocky raccoon in February, which is in Huntsville. Wow. That was a hundred mile race. And, uh, I ran several 50 mile races in training to do it. And then two months prior to the event, I slept in a high altitude tent over my bed, wow. <laughs> which is not fun, but I did it. Yeah. Spent three weeks prior. And then I moved three weeks prior to the event. I lived at uh, winter park, Colorado, which is close you can get to, hmm. uh, you know, so I wanted to make sure oxygen wasn't an excuse for me when I went okay. down that route. Right. So, um, so when I was race day, I had all the confidence and the beliefs that I needed to, you know, to, to conquer this. And, uh, it was pretty, it was pretty awesome. Um, nice. finished, so, finished the top, there was 1200 started 500 finish and I finished 138th. That's, so, that's great. Yeah. And it, this it's is amazing fun. just to yeah. finish. Yeah. So that you have 20 to, to set context, like you have 30 hours or less to finish this race, right? Okay. You, if you finish after 30 hours, you just don't get, there's no fanfare. Or you don't get there's the no belt. belt buckle. No belt right? buckle, which we could do. You, you don't need it in Texas. You needed the belt buckle. <laughs> yeah, I do. Yeah. All right. Like, yeah. When I, when I moved to Texas, one of the other reasons why I challenged myself for this was we were down here and uh, I was noticing everybody had belt buckles. I felt like everybody had belt buckles. I was like, I want a belt buckle, right? How cool would it be to have a belt buckle? And I was like, how'd you get yours? Like, uh, rodeo. I rode bulls. I rode, did this. I'm like, yeah, I'm doing that. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I know, like, I'm a little, it's a little too late in the game for me on that. Yeah, it's only eight seconds on a bull. It's, you know, 30 hours of running. That's, that's a toss-up, right? And then somebody's like, oh, you got, you, yeah. when you read these books, like, you get the belt buckle, to, you know, to run 100 miles. Yes, to put it in perspective, I thought running 100 miles through the mountains of Colorado was a lot easier, <laughs> was more easier. Than, than eight seconds on a bull. Just throwing it out there. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, that's, you know, you, to get the belt buckle, you got to do it in 30 hours or less. Wow. Right. For Leadville. It's every race is a little bit different, but Leadville. But if you do it in 25 hours or less, uh, you get bigger belt buckle. Well, so my, my buddies and I, we're just, we're just training to get 30 hours or less. That was our goal time. Yeah. 28 to 30 hours. Well, uh, through preparation and all this good stuff, man. And we, we felt great at halfway and in a hundred mile, the race doesn't really start until 60, right? Okay. Like you don't really, like you're really running very like first 20 or 30 is pretty tough because you're like restricting yourself so much. Okay. Cause you know, like you still have 30 miles in you still have 70 miles to go, yeah, right? Yourself. Yeah. So we get to uh, 60 and my coach is like, you look good. Let's, let's roll. Go. I'm like, go, go where? He's like, go faster. I'm like, oh, it's <laughs> over there. Yeah. But just not by, not by not slowing down. I went faster. Right. So okay. all of a sudden I found myself uh, looking at for a sub 25 bell buckle. Nice. And uh, about mile 90, um, I lost my vision at night and the trails lit by glow sticks. Well, I wasn't blinking. I have a pacer. My wife's pacing me at this time. And um, pacer is somebody who can run with you. Okay. You, they can just run and help you, guide you through along. Especially, you normally, on the bigger races, you at mile 50, it kind of gets dark. Okay. You know, you've been out there a while. So, you can have somebody kind of help keep you on track, right? In case okay. you get lost like I did. Okay. Um, but, and, or if you, something happened. So, I couldn't see real clear. Uh, I wasn't completely blind, but there wasn't, I mean, a glow stick. I wasn't going to see well, that. I don't know. So I was just focused on roots and rocks. And so we got uh, uh, lost for three miles. So I added three miles onto it, but came back on track. Long story short to say, I finished 25 hours and four minutes. Wow. Which is four minutes over the the limit for the, uh, but I was, so they have this big awards thing afterwards and they, they announced two people, at least back in the day. One the person who won, and then the first person to not get 25 hours, under 25 hours. So I turned out to be that person. <laughs> to be that person. So when they were down, when they were announcing this, though I I, uh, I didn't I didn't know I was I'm just like I'm out of it right. Even I've been going for 25 
Yeah. 30 hours, actually, at this point, because it's after the 30 hour mark. So, race is over. And they announce it. And, you know, they say my name. The first person that come under 25 hours was James Willis. And they say 20, you know, he, he completed in 25 hours and four seconds, which people like, I'm like, four seconds? Like, I could have, I could have dug out four seconds, but it was four minutes. It was four minutes. But, like, so, like, I imagine the amount of ribbons, like, like yeah. Joe, on the way up to go get the, uh, right. to get the award. I'm like, can you just announce that it's four minutes? Because like, right, right. I could have pushed myself for four. Right, right. <laughs> but uh, it was just funny on that. On that, yeah, I remember. But it's funny um, to try to get that mid race. I adjusted to uh, say, okay, when he said go time, you're like good. I had to believe him, believe in the training, and I challenged myself to do it. And you get lost, you know. I still almost did it. So you take away those three miles, you know, I'm solidly in there. Um, so you know, one day I may have to go back. It's <laughs> great. So, so what's next? What's the next race you're working on? You know, I got that question yesterday. So I got to do 50 last year. So I was getting back. I got married, took a little time off. Uh, if you're a David Goggins fan, I recently read his new book, Never Finished. Um, I relate to him very, very much in that. But Goggins, the mental toughness. He's so, yeah. so good in that, in that arena. Uh, did 50 last year, felt really good. Um, and then got injured playing basketball afterwards oh, wow. like i ran 50 on a saturday and i thought i could play basketball and i had played basketball in like 10 years so I'm, I'm coming back from injury um but i've worked in the you know i went back to the lab right worked on getting stronger so i can avoid that um so the next challenge that i want to do it's not necessarily a race but it's uh here in the you know um, i'm doing a 100 day challenge and then the 100 day challenge basically 100 days in a row where i'm working out at least 45 minutes a day and then I want to end it with uh, Goggins four by four by 48. So four okay. miles every four hours for 48 hours. Wow. So that's a different type of event that I haven't done because you do four stop, four stop, kind of good. Like, so I found myself when I learned about it going, that seems ridiculous, right? Like, <laughs> that seems hard. I don't think I can do it. So naturally, I'm going to try to yeah. try to do that. So, so it uh, seems like the common thread is you find something that you go, oh, I couldn't do that. And then that's the hook. It grabs you. It does. And you go. Why can't I do that? Why can't I do it? And then you do whatever it takes. Mm -hmm. It's neat. If it's great. And one thing I'll, I will say this for those who are, are listening, if you, the challenge when I've, I've gone through this journey, um, the challenge is really important if it lines with your value set, right? I, I has to, it has to, especially with the wife and, and two, two wonderful kids at home. For me now, I've had to learn how to incorporate it with my lifestyle. Because when I was, you know, it was just me to worry about, then I could do all kinds of stuff. So that was part of my journey the last, you know, last six, seven years was how do I incorporate that, but not at the expense of my values. Right. Sure. So, um, that's, that's a, that's an important, you know, for me, that's my, one of my important takeaways from the, this. Yeah. How, do you, how do you find that balance, but still do what you're passionate about? Yeah. 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 It's neat. Um, so what types of like, you know, I'm sure there's listeners that are wondering like, hey, you know, maybe I need to pick a challenge and it, find that motivation, that reward that comes from that. Um, what types of habits uh, get you there? Oh. What, what do you, what do you, what does that schedule look like? Yeah. I, I'm a big Jason Selk fan. If you haven't seen Jason Selk or heard Jason Selk or okay. read any of his material, big fan because uh, his book, Executive Toughness, I read in 2011 in addition to Born to Run that helped me kind of frame my mind to do this. So I'm a big, for one habit, uh, especially when I'm in training, when I challenge myself, and I'll, I'll speak to myself on this one, other people may relate to it, but the margin 
of her air and our flexible kind of gets smaller and smaller and smaller, right? So, you know, if your, your cup only has so much water, but it's 20 ounce glass of, you know, 20 ounce glass, you can only put 20 ounces of liquid in there, right? So I don't, I'm not creating more hours in a day. So, you know, instead of waking up at 536, I'm getting up between 330 and 415, right? Okay. So making sure if I do this, it's um, not impacting family time, right? Like I got to do it before they get up. Else, more than likely I won't do it. Uh, the other thing is diet. Nutrition becomes very, very important because again, I'm demanding a lot of myself in these situations. So, and, you know, things like inflammation or um, dehydration become, you know, no-nos, right? Because, you know, if I, if I do these extra two, three, four hours of workouts, right? And then go to work and then be present and coach my kids' basketball team and coach the soccer team and do all the, like, I can't, you know, there's only so much, right? So I have to start making sure I'm dialed in and that's huge for me. You know, the, the, the adult beverages go away. The diet, it gets very clean. Uh, how I would consider, um, you know, I'm uh, mainly plant-based, right? That was one of the parts of the journeys that I figured out through all this was, you know, my body cells in that world. Um, not saying it's right for everybody, but that's something I learned about me. So I go back into that uh, and try to get my, uh, my routine. So it's up early. I go to bed early too. Yeah, so you're nine o'clock late night, right? Okay. I come home, you know, nine, nine thirty. Uh so those are kind of my big my big takeaways. Uh but I learned that through, you know, there's three things that I gotta do every day and then I grade myself on them, and that's a Jason Self concept. So what did I do well today? What's one thing I want to improve on? And I kind of recap it in the day. What did I do well today that I really want to say good job, right? And then okay. one thing I need to do better tomorrow if I want to keep going down this road to achieve this goal. That's great. Reflection yeah. and uh, taking the time to do that when life is so busy yeah. that, uh, you know, it seems like it's making a difference. Yeah. It's a huge right. reflection building that in. So, yeah. And realizing that like, real, yeah, that the, my recent thing with, with kids in particular is that margin concept. And I've been really working on that to, to make sure that I don't, and that's done through that's reflection. Cool. I can't, yeah. I actually build it in my calendar where I have built in a, a margin to give myself a window to reflect. Because nice. if I don't, I treat it as a meeting. If I don't, it doesn't happen. Got to schedule it. Yeah, got to schedule it in. Yeah. So did I answer the question? No, absolutely. No, that's, <laughs> that's great. So when, you know, at the end of the day, I want to look at these values uh, like challenge and how they shape success. So if, yeah. if you had to kind of think of, you know, I'm glad that, that you chose to, to come on here and uh, I think you're the epitome of like, you know, finding all these challenges. I'm amazed by all the things you've done. So when you think of like these challenges and how they shape success professionally, how do you connect the two? Professional that, you know, it's funny. I was uh, a peer of mine. Um, we both ran 50 together last year. It was his first time. He really pushed it's in 2020. Uh, he's done a good job of really expanding his beliefs and what he can do and what he can accomplish. Right. And we joke because he's doing an Ironman this year and he's like, all right, now you're back healthy. You just, just did, uh, you know, I ran my, I ran a mar half marathon last weekend and it was my second at thir 30 years old. It was my second fastest half I've ever recorded. And that, you know, a lot, the only time I ran faster is when I was 27. So 11 years ago. Right. So like you start thinking about like, what is possible? And that's a whole Goggins thing too. But, wow. uh, we were talking about that yesterday. Like we joke cause like you would think there's this natural progression, you know, especially like, uh, my, you know, um, in the work world, you, you, you get all these motivation speakers and stuff like that, talk about these things. You think there'd be this like just wonderful natural progression that, cause I can do this, 
it, it's going to bleed over into other aspects of my life. And I've struggled with that concept for you because it's not like there's no given that just because that I went out and I did 20 miles in the morning before I went to work that I'm going to have a better, you know, that this is going to be the best work day ever. Right. Like, it's okay. like, yeah, like, so we, we were joking about that yesterday, actually. So it's a funny question that you ask is uh, sometimes you're like, oh, I don't know if there is a connection. Like, this is what really fuels me. Um, and I enjoy work too, right? Like they're just, but at the end of the day, we, we came back to uh, the answer. Like it's belief and confidence that you can push, but also push yourself, but also efficiency. You learn how to be more efficient okay. in order to get all this stuff done. So, um, you know, that, that was the kind of the two takeaways we, we jokingly say, because he, he manages people and he does all this stuff and he gets asked, asked the question too. And, um, you know, the, uh, I think when it comes to challenging the endurance stuff, like, you know, um, and then the world, the work world, there are some correlations, but it's not, it's for me, it wasn't natural and for him either. Right. Um, so you, you know, it's everybody's going to be, I think it's a little bit of unique journey there for some folks yeah. kind of figuring that out. Yeah. Let's see to be transparent. <laughs> yeah. Well, I appreciate that. No. And, um, so, you know, for, for the listeners audience, somebody says, you know, I got to go out and find this challenge and someone motivates me. Maybe I'll read the book and become a runner. What advice do you have for the, the audience? Man, so uh, there's you know my my wife loves to read and I enjoy reading for different read like she reads like she's a speed reader and things like that right so she, but she loves to like read stories murder mysteries novels like stuff like that I read to learn because I love to learn so for uh, kind of with you know what we talked about so I want to expand the mindset see what's possible challenge what I'm already thinking about like is this even like like uh, one one thing I you know, the food pyramid, like, like who designed that? Right. That was one of, the, one of these early journeys I had. Right. Like, so I went on this whole like revel, like, how did we get to the food pyramid? Why do we need 2000 calories? Like what, what is it? Like, where are all these like come from? Right. Like, cause the kids just kind of grow up. So, uh, have an open mind. If you're going to read about it, listen to a podcast, watch a documentary. I've done all that. Um, have an open mind and don't be afraid to believe and trust in yourself. Like bet on yourself when you go out and do these things. Like if you really want it, this is your affirmational nudge. Right. Just, you know, and it's something that it aligns with your value set, right? Your value system. You know, um, if you have the good support around you, I think, you know, like you, you do a home and you start a podcast, you're in a business, you're thriving business yourself. And, you know, you do really cool, amazing things in your, in your personal life as well that we've talked about. Um, you know, I, th I think having a, having an open mind and belief and then the dedication to it, the commitment, um, it's huge. And, I, and I, commitment's huge. I'm going to throw this out here. I'm in a 100-day challenge again. I mentioned that earlier. I two people that said they'd do it with me. We're 16 days in. I'm the only person left, right? So they didn't believe through whatever reason. If you have kids, they're going to get sick. You're gonna, you're like, there's going to be a billion excuses, right? But um, if you have the right support system and the right belief, I think you can end up in mind. You can do it. Yeah, That's so, good. So your support system, talk a little bit about that. Who's Who makes up your support system? Oh, man. I have so many people to be thankful for. Um, <laughs> my wife, number one, uh, she, she's, a, she's, she's the same. <laughs> she's a blessing to me. Um, she, you know, we've talked about this before. Like, she's like, okay, what's next, right? Like, okay. I, when she almost cringes when she hears that, or she sees a book that I'm reading. Yeah, she's like, oh, oh no. no. <laughs> <laughs> so she's like, she does. She got to do her little research because I won't really tell her <laughs> until I, she's like, oh, like I got for Christmas, I got Goggins' new book. Okay. Uh, one of my, I'm reading it now. My good book, yeah. Uh, never, been, yeah, it's incredible. Like the guy, like it's fantastic. So um, she just kind of sighs. She's like. Oh, 
what's 2023 going to bring me, right? <laughs> uh, so my wife is fantastic. And then I have uh, within the, my friendship, I've you know, been blessed with really good friends that I've grown, grown up with, but also additional, additional friends I've met through. That's the beauty of it, man. One of the things I really enjoy about running is not a whole lot of people want to get up and do it. And then all of a sudden you find a group of folks that get up and do it. And then you get to have these deep conversations and these long runs and things you wouldn't normally talk about. And you'd get to learn people, learn about people differently. So over the years, some of my best friends have come out of running um, nice. or pushing themselves in different ways, whether it's swimming or, you know, business owners, whatever it may be. Um, so I have a lot of good folks that understand that I want to do this and the sense, because I think it's going to make me better for those around me, right? Like, and they get it. Like they, they, they relate, maybe it's not for running, but maybe they just understand it. Um, and so when you're going through a, oh man, this is tough. Like yeah. you can vent to them, they're like, okay, go. They're like, go. It's supposed to be tough. Or, let me go with you, <laughs> right? Or I'll, I'll go with you, I'll go for a run. Let's do nice. they, They'll set some time aside to say, hey, I'm gonna help you through it um, because I know this means a lot to you, right? So I'm, I'm very blessed in that regard, um, but that takes a lot of intentional work to, mm -hmm. you know, say, this is what I believe in my values, this is what I wanna do. And this is, this is what I want to accomplish. And, you know, uh, David Goggins calls it the foxhole. You know, the, 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 make sure you have the right people in the foxhole with you, right? As you go yeah. on these journeys. So, uh, you know, and then protect them, you know, protect that, that uh, which I, I think, you know, it's great. Blessed in that, in that regards. So, James, that's, that's great information. And, um, you know, I think kind of listening and going, okay, how do I, how can I be more like you? How can I seek out these challenges? So, um, you know, what, what's your advice on developing, you know, the value of like challenge? Yeah. Yeah. More like me. <laughs> no, don't do that. <laughs> no. Uh, so challenging, I think, um, you know, the challenge and we use the word success a lot of times. How do you be successful in that, in that world? Um, I'm going to challenge the word success in itself, right? Cause everybody's definition of success and it's going to be a lot different. Um, so I, I think we're. The number one thing I can, I can, when you go into this and you want to try something is the failure is not if you don't complete it. The failure is not starting. That is a resounding theme of my entire life. I've read about it, like coaches, you know, been my, my executive coach, I've read in books, Goggins, like, like it's it's one of the, and I believe it, the, the true failure is not doing it and taking a bet on yourself, right? Yeah. So challenge yourself, Be a, don't be afraid to fail. There's no, don't fear that, be okay with it. And if it happens, what did you learn from it? You know, great successes come off our failures, right? I didn't go out and become this great runner. I'm not a great runner, but I didn't just go run 100 miles and everything was beautiful, right? Like there's a lot of failures along the way, right? And, and same with the, the the racing and things like that. So um, just don't be afraid to fail. Embrace yeah. that. Embrace that notion. And uh, I think that's little. That's my number one takeaway, number one advice for, for the if you want to be successful. That's great. No, so you know, that's great. I, I appreciate that. I mean, really, it's. You know, show up, don't be afraid to fail, seek out the challenge, what you're going to learn for it or from it and, you know, create some support group to help you yeah. stay, stay yeah. on the track. Accountability right? partners, right? Yeah. Yeah. That's great. James, thanks for being on the first uh, podcast of the Value Exchange. Really appreciate it. Um, invaluable. Hopefully everybody uh, gets as much as I did out of it. High five. Thanks. Loved it, man. Appreciate, appreciate it. it. Yeah, thanks. Thanks. Thanks for uh, tuning in to the Value Exchange podcast. Hopefully you uh, learned something you can apply in your own life. Um, each episode will focus on a different value and how you can uh, learn and develop and make your life better. Uh, please stay tuned for the next episode. Thanks.